Welcome back, everyone. This is episode two of the Strong Side Sports Podcast with Riley and Trace. What a great start to the NFL season, bro. There were so many exciting games, a bunch of surprises, and, like, I know both of us couldn't be more excited that football's back. Like, we're officially back. Week one's under our belt. How do you feel? Yeah, I feel good. I mean, not about my team, but it was great just to get out, talk with friends, watch some games, have a few beers. It was awesome just to be back in the groove. I love watching football, so I feel great. What about you? I feel good. Uh, Cowboys lost, too, so that wasn't that wasn't the best thing, but we played well back. Didn't look rusty like I thought he would. He looked confident. He wasn't scared to step up into the pocket. He was firing the ball, so there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, he did look – he looked sharp for sure. I, I was stoked to see that. I was just – that was definitely one of the things I was paying attention to, to see how he looked after uh, after his injury last season. Yeah, he looked good. Um, so what do you think your biggest, like, surprises were with week one? Um, I mean, I was super surprised with the uh, – I wasn't surprised that the Bills game was close, but I was surprised how bad our offensive line was. But also, I mean, if we're going to state the obvious here, I was clearly surprised with uh, just the dismantling the Saints had over the Packers. I wasn't expecting that at all, pick them to win. I thought Jameis would do well, but I just didn't expect that coming coming out of nowhere for, for – yeah, I just did not expect that. What about you? No, I, didn't, I didn't really expect that either. What did, what did Jameis complete? 14 passes, 15 passes, but five yeah. of them were touchdowns? Like, what, what a stat line. And uh, – I mean, we could we have to compliment the Saints defense a little bit there too, because I mean that doesn't happen very often with Rodgers. I know he just looked off all game, but they were getting in his face, and Lattimore got paid right after the game. Yeah, I, I, think, saw that. I think that was well deserved after that one. Yeah, he's a good corner, and uh, they were, the pass rush was after him all day as well. Yeah. Right. Was there any other surprises or anything that really just jumped out to you? The Titans, they uh, they yeah. didn't look how I expected them to look. Chandler Jones, five sacks. Wow. Kyler Murray, five touchdowns. Like, the Cardinals look good. I'm, I'm impressed by them a lot. Yeah, I. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the uh, – was it Adrian Claiborne? Was that who had six sacks in the Cowboys? Yeah, when we played the Falcons a couple of years ago. And it's crazy because Adrian Claiborne, I believe it was Chaz Green, who he was going against, right? Wasn't he a, the backup for you guys? Sure was, yeah. And, like, Chandler Jones isn't – he was going against Taylor Lewan, so, like, he is a stud. Did like, you see Taylor, uh, Taylor Lewan's tweet after the game? I heard about it. He tweeted at Chandler Jones saying he needs to work type of thing, like, I need to get it better. Right, yeah. He was like, thanks for exposing me. Those were his words. I thought that, that was, was funny. And it's it's crazy because Chandler Jones requested a trade, and he's coming off an injury. So I was curious to see. He's getting up there in age a little bit. But I was curious to see how he would play, and he's still got it 100% for sure. For sure. Is he a Hall of Famer? I had that talk with somebody the other day, and uh, I think he has like 102 career sacks. I'm not sure if that's before or after the five that he got on Sunday. But, I mean – that's a ton of sacks. He's he's pretty consistent. And if he finishes this year with, like, upwards towards 20, I mean, yeah. he's not too far behind a player like DeMarcus Ware, who we know is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think probably not a first ballot. But, I mean, if he keeps it up, he 
he really could get up there. But I, I think he'll probably end up in the hall. I mean, lately I've been noticing pass rushers can still find success at a late age. Uh, a few years back, Dwight Freeney, he went to the Falcons. He still was playing pretty well. Justin Houston, even last few seasons on the uh, on the Colts, he had above six sacks in each season, and he was rushing the passer very well last night against the Raiders. So, I mean, if Kalen Jones can keep it up, I think, yeah, he can make it for sure. Yeah, I was, I was just curious what you thought about that because I thought that was interesting. I never really thought of it before because, I mean, I know he's a good player, but the Hall of Fame, that's a big deal. This is yeah. the NBA. For sure. I mean, if and, and if if the Cardinals can make a run, I mean, if he can make some big plays in the playoffs and who knows if they make it to a Super Bowl, I'm not saying they are, but then that could definitely boost his stock as well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to play like he does. He's a he's a baller. Yeah, Watt had a good game too. I'm not sure if you saw his stop. I think it was second goal from the one and he tripped up Henry in the back. It was a great play. So uh, Watt's off to a good start too. They could be a good team. Yeah, especially I'm I'm surprised. I I wasn't thinking they were gonna suck, but I'm, I'm surprised they just came out firing like that. I'm I'm stoked to watch them play. They're exciting for sure. Is there any uh like significant news with the Bills? Any injuries or anything that somebody's not talking about? Anything you want to talk about going into the game against the Dolphins on Sunday? Nothing crazy. I would say there's a little bit of shuffling on our offensive line. So Cody Ford, he was a second-round pick who we traded up for a few years ago out of Oklahoma. He was uh, protecting Baker. He was a tackle in college, but coming out of the draft, everybody pretty much thought he was going to play the inside. But the Bills played him at right tackle his rookie season. He was struggled a lot, but, I mean, he was a rookie, so I thought most of the fans thought, you know, like give him another year, it takes time. But then he ended up being moved into the inside uh, last season, and uh, he struggled quite a bit, and then he ended up uh, getting an injury to his shoulder, missing the season, the whole off season. This whole off season, he's been preparing to be the starter. Um, Bean, our GM Brandon Bean, he uh, said at the as end of season presser last season, um, like he expects Cody Ford to be in the top five, the starting five. So it's pretty much expected for him to start. We didn't draft the guard until the sixth round, but so he started the first five plays on Sunday against the Steelers and got yanked. Uh, so there's supposedly kind of a competition now. But McDermott, something that he str- – I don't – he just struggles with, with throwing a person in. He won't just keep them in. He just yanks them out. He's like – he was like rotating guards, which I don't think smart. So that's going to be one thing to look at. Our offensive line struggled a lot. What were you going to say? I didn't mean to cut you off, but I did watch a lot of that uh, Bill Steelers game. Uh, was he was he the one guilty of those couple holding calls early in the game? Is that why he was yanked? Because I noticed a couple like quick holding calls right off the bat. Like offensive line was struggling. They were doing anything they could to protect Allen. They were grabbing everybody. Yeah, well, I, I, I know he had one. He had one at the beginning of the game, but um, Deion Dawkins had back-to-back, number 73, our left tackle. So that's probably who you're thinking of just because it was right back-to-back, but Mitch Morris, our center, had a holding. Daryl Williams, our right tackle, had a holding. It's a uh, that's that's a rough, yeah, rough go. But yeah, that that was our that was our big weakness last season. I mean, the pass rush I wrote in our, my first power rankings, pass rush was a weakness, but the guard play was a real weakness, and we didn't address it. So going into the Dolphins week, I know they don't have a stellar defensive line, but that's something I'm paying attention to. And then just uh, the play calling for the Bills game was definitely one of my surprises. It was was just not – Dable, our offensive coordinator, is usually really, really well um, 
well uh, well set up to call plays, and he just didn't do a good job. So I think they'll come out come out hot, but not not many injuries. Star Lotulele, he's our defensive tackle. He's uh, he opted out last season, so he didn't play, but he's supposedly been in great shape, and he uh, he tweaked his groin. Um, last week in practice, so he didn't get to play. So I was worried about the run D against Najee, but uh, Ed Oliver had a really good game. So Ed Oliver and then Harrison Phillips is our other defense tackle who ended up having a good game. But, yeah, it's that's great pretty to much see Ed Oliver that. playing a, a little better. Yeah. Like I, this I, season. I, I know you guys expect a big, a big leap out of him being such a high draft pick. Tenth overall, yeah. Ninth overall, actually, but top ten pick, I mean. But, yeah, definitely. Ceiling's I, super high for him. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Ed Oliver. Last season, he was forced to play out of position, so he was playing the one-tech, which is what Star usually plays. And Ed, Ed Oliver is usually – he's usually a pass-rushing specialist, really. He's, he's okay at stopping the run, but he's not going to take three three dudes on. He's not a body eater. So um, I'm glad to see him. He still played the one-tech a little bit yesterday, but in the offseason, Buffalo signed a good amount of uh, players that can play both inside and outside. Uh, F.A. Obata, he's been uh, – he was actually part of the pathway program, uh, the same thing that um, the Eagles right tackled, who they just signed to a big extension, is in. And uh, Isaac, I can't – what's his name, the guy in the Cowboys? He was on Hard Knocks, right? Yeah, uh, Alfaron. Yeah, he's part of – his last name. Yeah, um, he's part of that as well. But So he's actually been pretty solid. But um, And then uh, Greg Russo, he's uh, our first-round draft pick. He can play inside and outside. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, but – you know, that's pretty much it. Not much news, no injuries, really. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. What about the Cowboys? Any news or big things over there? So uh, one of the big concerns going into the game against the Chargers, uh, facing Bosa, who's a stud, we know that. Lyle Collins, he's going to be suspended for five games. He didn't fail a drug test, but he missed two of them. And I guess uh, when you miss two, they just count it as a, a fail. So that's going to be big. And I know Mike McCarthy said that he doesn't want to move uh, Zach Martin to right tackle like he did a couple games last year. So it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure who's going to get the start at right tackle, but Zach Martin will be back. That'll help a lot. Tyler Biotish, our second-year center, he he didn't look good week one, but can you blame him? It was Vita Vea in his face mm-hmm. the whole game. He He did allow the most pressures for a center week one, though. He allowed seven. But uh, Michael Gallup was another big hit for us. I think three to five weeks for him. We signed Robert Robert Foster to our practice squad, but I'm not sure if he's going to make – I don't know if they'll put him on the roster or what they're going to do with him. I don't know what the plan is with that. Mm-hmm. But other than those two guys and not knowing who's going to start where on the offensive line, I think we're looking pretty good going into – Week two against the Chargers. You worried about Herbert at all? Oh, with our secondary, of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about any quarterback playing against our secondary. Anthony Brown looked absolutely terrible against the Bucks. He allowed nine catches on ten targets, two touchdowns. It was – I know Dan Quinn was trying to make up excuses for him, saying – a safety fell, so he he didn't have any help over the top, and it was supposed to be there. But I don't know why we would reach on a guy like Nashawn Wright in the third round, who they were super big on. He was projected to go undrafted, and Anthony Brown gets 
cooked in the first half and you don't give the guy a chance. It's just – it's exhausting. For sure. I was thinking the same thing about Anthony Brown. He did have a real rough game. Was he Was he that bad last season as well? He was. He's yeah, been that okay. bad for <laughs> – I would say the last two years he's been bad. It, I, I've given up all hope on that guy. Do you think it's just him overall or the scheme fit with the defense? Because I remember his rookie year, he had a good year. Am I right? He did, but I, I think he he plays better when he's in the slot. And right now we're asking him to be our second cornerback. And just him lining up outside, he's getting exposed nearly every play. I wish that we had a true second cornerback so that he could possibly play more in the nickel. But doesn't look like it's going to happen. Hopefully we get Kelvin Joseph back soon, our second-round rookie corner out of Kentucky. He uh, wasn't too impressive in camp, but I'm willing to give him a shot over Anthony Brown because he's burnt toast. Yeah, for sure. At least got to try something, you know? Yeah, I'm willing to try anything. I mean, it can't be any worse than it was on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, at least uh, one thing I would say is at least there's a lot of other bright spots in the Cowboys that your offense looked good. Micah Parsons looked pretty good, am I right? Micah did look good. He... Man, in coverage, let me tell you, it is nice to have a linebacker who can actually cover. It's been, It seems like it's been forever. Jalen hasn't been able to. Micah Parsons can do everything. There's not a single thing I don't think that guy can do. He was he was getting pressure on Brady off the edge. He uh, A couple times he was uh, matched up one-on-one with Giovanni Bernard, and that, that's a great receiving back. And yeah. And Parsons didn't even give him a chance, so very excited. Another thing I uh, forgot to mention, Randy Gregory tested positive for COVID. He's vaccinated, so hopefully we can get two negative tests before Sunday because that's big. Our yeah, pass rush definitely uh, struggled a little bit, so we need him in the lineup. Yeah, for sure. He's one of your top pass rushers. For sure. So, other than the Packers, other than the Titans, who was your biggest letdown, like, as a team? Biggest letdown. Let me think. There's a few options I could go here. Yeah, I think I think one of them's got to be the Falcons. Yeah, like, for sure. I expected them to be bad. I didn't expect them to be that bad because I don't think this Philadelphia team has it together yet. For um, sure. They were definitely a, a disappointment. Their defense yeah. was really bad. Another Matt, disappointment, Lamar Jackson. Little, yeah. It was shaky. Three fumbles last night. He lost two of them. One was costly in overtime. I mean, any turnover is costly, but to give it up in overtime and give the team great field position after they pretty much already blew the game, I don't know what that was. John Gruden was trying to lose it, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm dumbfounded by that guy a lot of times. Yeah, what do you think about that? He sent the uh, field goal team out on second and nine from, I, I want to say he was just inside the 30. Yeah, it was. So it's not like it was some little cheap shot. And then uh, they didn't have any timeouts and they get a delay of game. 
Like, uh, I don't know what was going through his head. What do you think? Like, I don't know. It would have it would have tied the game, correct? I'm I'm remembering it right. Yeah. No, it would have taken the lead. It was tied up in overtime. Okay, okay, okay. I guess he just didn't have confidence in his offense, but I don't really know what he was thinking there. I I would have would not have done that. I I, I was kind of I was watching on my phone because uh, I was driving. I had to go somewhere, but. I was just kind of super confused on that. I, I really, I don't, I literally, I can't think of what he was thinking there. I don't really understand. Do you what think about he you? Was gonna, do you think he was going to kick it there if the play clock wasn't running down? I think he probably would have. I don't know why he would have even sent it out. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he was just trying to confuse Baltimore, make them burn a timeout. I have no idea. Uh, Another questionable thing he did, they had the ball on, it looked like the one-inch yard line after a Derek Carr QB sneak. And then they come out the next play with a hard count, and they get a false start. I mean, it doesn't help that the Vegas fans were super loud on offense all night. I'm sure they had a lot to drink. They're not used to watching football. They don't know that you're supposed to be quiet when your team has the ball. Yeah, the whole game, Derek Carr was uh, telling them to be quiet guys noticed that but yeah and if you watched uh the monday night football broadcast with the mannings those guys were losing their minds especially peyton <laughs> they, they told a funny story about how just like like you couldn't even like a baby wouldn't even cry in the stadium if manning had the ball but uh yeah i just i didn't understand a lot of that gruden seemed like he was trying to give it away but Came out with a W. It's impressive. Especially doing it in that fashion. Yeah, I would say Lamar also just to jump off what you said about Lamar. I mean, yeah, he he was a little bit disappointing for sure with the fumbles. I felt like as I was watching him, he was playing pretty well. And then I look at the stat line that definitely didn't show that. One of the things I was looking at a lot of the Ravens writers are uh, writing about is just the lack of involvement of uh, Mark Andrews this game. Um. I know the whole what a lot of people have harped on is how uh, a lot of the media and a lot of uh, fans have harped on during the offseason is how Lamar struggles to find receivers like Hollywood Brown is like uh, first round talent. A lot of people think he could be a lot better in a different offense. And uh, so you noticed, at least I noticed last night's game, Lamar was targeting his receivers a lot, but it seemed that he just completely negated uh, Mark Andrews. So. That was one surprise for me, for sure. And also, uh, if you look at his snap counts, Mark Andrews was swapping snaps uh, with Patrick Ricard, the fullback. They have another tight end. So it's kind of interesting to see the usage of uh, of Mark Andrews after he just recently got signed out of that extension. So it was kind of, kind of a surprise to me, but I'm sure he'll get rolling. Yeah, it does seem like, though, you have to give one of the highest tight ends in the league some more playing time and Definitely some more targets, too. I mean, if you look at the other side of the ball, mm-hmm. Carr, Carr targeted Darren Waller, what, 19 times last night? Yeah, something like 18, 19 times. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, so, I mean, you got to get your one of your best offensive players involved in the game, and I, I definitely think Lamar struggled to do that. I don't know if it's because of all the criticism that he gets that he doesn't get it to his receivers and he's constantly throwing to tight ends, but – you got you got to get Andrews the ball for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially in the red zone, he's such a weapon. Yeah, one hundred percent. Big body, great hands. 
were there any other players or teams that either disappointed you in a well, obviously in a bad way, but disappointed you or surprised you in a good way this week? Um, let me think about that. It's a good question. I think I think the Browns impressed me. I know they lost, but they were so close. They had a few little mistakes. They were playing in a tough environment. I, I think the Browns, they impressed me. Baker didn't look terrible. I know they were without OBJ. They'll be a lot better when they get him back in the lineup. Uh, Nick Chubb didn't have the best game, but that yeah. duo between Chubb and Hunt, they they impressed me. Yeah, they're just such a good one-two punch. They are. I'd and say the best in the league. I'm pretty – I'm fairly certain on that. I didn't get to see Baker's interviews or anything, but on that last play where he got picked off by Hughes, I'm pretty sure he was trying to throw it out of bounds. It just it looked like he was getting pulled down by his feet, and it just – he couldn't get it out of bounds. But it's just kind of happens sometimes. But, I, yeah, I'd agree the Browns did look really good. I think they're going to have a really good year. Yeah, for sure. That, that was a tough environment to play into. Uh, let's talk about your division a little bit. The Dolphins and the Patriots played very close game. Could have went either way. Both offenses kind of struggled. There wasn't a lot of scoring. The defenses did look good, but two young quarterbacks, we weren't sure what we were going to get out of either of them. Mac Jones looked good. He was mm-hmm. very accurate with the ball, uh, didn't turn it over. He was killed by a couple of fumbles that weren't on him. What do yeah. you think about that game? I was uh I was able to watch some in that game, but yeah, I do think Mac Jones did look crisp. There was a good four or five throws that um I just made me go, wow, he's he he can throw the ball, he can sling it for sure. There's one throw where James White did a wheel route, and he there was a defender pretty much right there, and uh, Mac Jones just dropped it right in the bucket. There was also yeah. a few other passes to Aguilar that were just really nice, but yeah, Mac Jones, that was, that was my first impression really. Just Mac Jones looks he looks solid for his first NFL game. I know everyone says it, and I don't really like to say it, but he's very Brady-esque. Like, uh, there's a lot of similarities between their game, and it, it it was scary how much it reminded me of Brady at certain times, especially that wheel route. Yeah. Just laying it right in the basket. I mean, we've seen that from Brady so many times, that exact play, just yeah. that exact throw, just perfect, couldn't be any better, you know. And from a rookie, that's that's impressive. You don't You don't see that quite often. Especially uh, growing up watching Brady twice a year, he, it does look a lot like Brady. Like, obviously, you and me aren't saying he's going to be Brady, but just seeing him stand in the pocket, go through his reads, he's not super mobile at all, but he can just move around a little bit and he gets the ball to where it's supposed to go. But, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely it's tough to watch for sure. Yeah, agreed. Another rookie quarterback didn't get to play as much, but everyone wants them to. Justin Fields, what do you think should go on there? I mean, Andy Dalton struggled. We kind of knew that was going to happen. He's he struggled in Cincinnati the last year mm-hmm. he was there. He wasn't great in Dallas last year with all the weapons. And now he's in Chicago. They lose by 20 points. Justin Fields got a couple plays. He was able to run it in from the four-yard line, I believe, for a touchdown. And he completed one pass for nine yards. But when do you think we see Justin Fields start for Chicago? Well, next week the Bears play the Bengals, so it's kind of a Dalton revenge game. I think obviously they announced Dalton the starter already, but I mean, if he plays bad 
I just saw a report where um, I was going to say if he plays bad, Dalton could. I mean, uh, if he play, if Dalton plays bad, Fields could be in by the end of that game or week three. I just saw a report where the Bears plan on keeping Dalton as a QB until at least week four. But I mean, we all know what Andy Dalton is. He never won a playoff game in uh, in Cincinnati. He struggled uh, his last few years in Cincinnati as well to miss the playoffs. He also struggled in Dallas, like he said, and. He's struggling with Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. You got David Montgomery. I just I, – I don't get the the coaches. Like, I think it's awesome that Fields is able to score, but it's like, why are we throwing him in, sprinkling him in for two, three plays? I think you just got to give the keys to Fields. I think that team would benefit from that. But in all likelihood, I would say if Dalton struggles next week, I could see Fields being the QB by week three. If he struggles again, I think it's – Week four, hopefully. I mean, I want to see Fields on the field. Yeah. What about you? I think it's got to be soon. Um, like you said, next week's that revenge game for Dalton. He gets to play the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But And correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that the Bears play the Browns week three. And, I got the uh, schedule in front of me. Let me look right now. Yep, Chicago at Cleveland. Yeah, at Cleveland. Um That'd be a tough game for either quarterback. I mean, Miles Garrett, Clowney. I don't I don't know how close that game's gonna mm-hmm. be with either quarterback. So I don't know if you risk putting fields in there with those guys on the defensive line. I don't know if you just let Andy Dalton struggle it out uh once more. I could be wrong about this too, but I think the Bears the following week play Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a great first game for Fields. Uh their defense looked awful I think he could just I think he would just feel more comfortable and uh the first game under his belt would just be a little bit easier and I I think that could really help his confidence uh just go up for the rest of the year you know just have a good start to his NFL career no yeah I definitely agree with you on that one I was just looking at the schedule as well I think that would be that would be a solid plan for them so I, I think that would be a great plan if they were able to roll him out week four against uh, against the Lions. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's definitely the the safer bet there. If I'm a Bears fan, if if I'm anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, were there any players that uh? disappointed like that really just jumped off the page that were just you didn't think they were going to play that bad and they did other than Lamar real quick I mean you got to go Aaron Rodgers right yeah that that was awful I saw a statistic that you could throw the ball into the dirt every play and still have a higher quarterback rating than he had I mean it it was just it was unlike him again uh I don't know. It was kind of it was kind of just a weird game. You don't see it out of Aaron Rodgers too much. I was I can't say I'm disappointed. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of the guy though. Yeah, I would that would definitely be one of mine and then if I could, I one of the players I really thought was going to have a I I really thought he was going to have a good week would be James Robinson for the Jags. I uh I know that Travis Etienne tore his AC, or not tore his ACL. I believe it was an Achilles. Or no, it was a foot injury, foot injury. Foot injury, so he's out for the year, but it was crazy to see James Robinson with five carries for 25 yards, and then Carlos Hyde had uh, nine carries. So 
that was a bummer for sure. I, I, I'm a fan of James Robinson, just him being undrafted, but he's a running back on a team that isn't very good. So they, they got down early and obviously they went away from a running game, but still to see him almost get uh, half the carries of Carlos Hyde, that was surprising, but that was just a small yeah. little guy that I noticed. I didn't watch much of that game. So, I mean, maybe they, they tried to establish the run early with Robinson. They got behind quick didn't want to play him as much later in the game. I'm not really sure how it went. It was kind of – that was a surprising game for me. I mean, I didn't think Houston had a chance at winning more than two games this year, to be fair. And they mm-hmm. start the season off 1-0 and with a convincing win. Like, it wasn't even close at all. I mean, that's yeah, just it crazy. Surprise for sure. I mean, like we said last week, we know what Tyrod is, and he can bring the team to some wins. So, I mean – but I definitely didn't expect it either. I thought the Jags would come out a little bit better with new head coach, number one overall pick. But, you know, yeah, that was definitely a surprise. I think Urban Meyer might end up at USC. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Him or uh, – <laughs> that would be wild. No, I'm just kidding. But I did see that uh, Tyrod Taylor had the most passing yards and a win in his career on Sunday. Yep, I, I didn't see I don't know that, how that. I don't know how that feels as a Bills fan because <laughs> – Well, I figured – I figured it had to be the most he's had in a win because I only remember him throwing for 300 yards once in his career for Buffalo, and it was a game against the Dolphins on Christmas Eve. So I'm, we lost. He, I remember that. He yeah. threw a touchdown to Charles Clay, which we thought was the game winner, and he ended, the Dolphins ended up J.H.I. He had like a 60-yard run. We ended up losing. But So I, I saw that. I was like, wow. Because I was looking at the betting odds before the game just to see what Tyrod's yardage would be. If it was low, I thought about maybe throwing a few bucks on it. But it was like 250 passing yards. I'm like, he's not going to get over that. I didn't expect that at all. And he, he had, I think 291 was how many he had, which was pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, that's a lot for Tyrod, for sure.